sorry. Welcome back, everyone. True Crime on Easy Street. We are at Easy Street Restaurant Bar Performance Hall. Looking at the uh, the Christmas dance floor. Mm-hmm. All those great TVs with bowl games going on every day. Yeah. Because that's what we do here at Easy Street. That's exciting. Isn't it? Yeah. It's the holiday season. Scott. My name is Kelly Turner. I'm not a doctor. My name is Scott Wright. I am a mediocre journalist. And I'm Katie Givens, and I'm not a lawyer. And we are here. This is the holiday episode. Of True Crime on Easy Street. I am dressed festively. I don't know why the two of you are not. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Katie um, has black uh, fingernails. I, well, she has they a... They are festive. I have... Is that festive? There's one that I looks like a present. Oh, she's showing me a finger. I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell anybody which one it is. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that one's festive, too. There's a gold one that for one New Year. That one especially festive. Yes. Maybe for me in particular. It is. That one was... It was that time. <laughs> Yeah, so so happy holidays to everybody. Thank you to all of our listeners out there. Hope that you're listening to us on your way to your Christmas party or your Christmas family gathering or whatever. Drive safely. You're going Get home to. in one piece. Mm-hmm, please do. Uh, Scott, what are you doing for the holidays? I'm going to sit on my couch with my two dogs and watch movies. Mm. This is what I do. What is your favorite Christmas movie? I, I didn't say Christmas movies. I said movies. The okay, well, new the new uh the the new Matrix movie drops on HBO Max on Wednesday. I'm gonna save that until the weekend and I'm gonna watch it. I am not finished with the second Matrix. I've gotta finish that and then watch the third. You don't really have to. You don't to watch this one? I mean you can't. I'm, I'm not gonna be behind. The first Matrix movie was the good one. The okay. other two were just kind of... Well, I've seen them all, but so, I don't remember everything that happens. Uh, well, you won't be overly impressed uh, 10 years later or whatever it so is. So I should just forget that and just watch the I'm not one. saying that you shouldn't watch it. I mean, there's some continuity there. You should probably watch all three of them just to... Okay. So right, that so the story in this watch. new one makes sense. Do the dogs like The Matrix? Are they going to watch they it? They don't really... I don't, they don't let care. them play with the remote controls that much. I mean, <laughs> they don't really have thumbs, so I don't worry about it. They just okay. kind of lay there and bark at random things okay so my dog can't watch anything on tv that has a horse in it like she go on she's obsessed with horses Uh if a horse comes on the tv screen she has a fit like we can't she can't watch yellowstone shane's been watching the witcher she can't watch it she can't watch anything with a horse i don't know what she would do if she saw a horse in real life she might explode i do that with naomi watts (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know what i would do if i saw naomi watts in real life Probably that explode. is that is interesting. Like, You're going to have to record this oh, and send it to us. Please. I will. Like, and put it on our Instagram You page. know, Katie's dog, funny story about Katie's dog, Pepper. Oh. What kind of dog is Pepper? She's a pug. A pug. Okay, so she's this adorable little black pug. Mm, true. She's solid black. She's Just here with no, us she's every gorgeous. Monday when we mm. record. We love her so. We do. We were at their, their home, my husband and I, and Pepper... Threw up on KT. Yes. I love Pepper even more than I ever have before in my life. That is, how do I not know this? I want a t-shirt with a picture of that. You were supposed to be there that night. Uh, Yeah, you were, and you crapped out on us, you uh, crapper. Crapper outer. So we're sitting there, and and Pepper, what's so funny is the way that she did it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was literally so fast, and she literally made this noise. And that was it. And then all of this vomit. Went all over. All right. Okay. Uh, It was fantastic. Please tell me it ruined at least one pair of those trousers that he wears. No, it did not. We were able to. We were able to clean it up. Katie was so embarrassed. I was. I could not stop laughing. It was fantastic. That is. I loved it. That's funny. Should we mention that your daughter is here in the studio with us today? Let's not tell anybody. No, just kidding. Yeah, she's. Katie Turner is just watching today. All right. Uh, school's out, and it's... Um, Probably trying know. to figure out whose chair she wants when she takes over this entire mm-hmm. operation It's It's weeks. take your daughter to podcast day. All right. So well. here she is. She's so excited to be here. You can tell by the look on her face. I know, right? She She's smiled. She did smile. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's progress. She's actually laughing right now, mm-hmm. so that's funny. I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> So we thought, because it is the holiday episode of True Crime on Easy Street, that we would share just some little holiday anecdotes before we got started on the case for today. So, Scott, Mm -hmm. take it away. Well, 
I thought it'd be a cool idea to tell a story about for each of us to tell something because it would be a way for the audience to get to know us a little bit better and maybe for us to get to know each other. I mean, we know each other pretty well, right? But maybe I mean, sort of, sort of. But so I was I was going through a, a, a photo album a couple of weeks ago and I found this photograph and it reminded me of Christmas. It wasn't really something that happened at Christmas, but it's something that always reminded me of Christmas. So when I was a kid, when I was when I was four and my little brother was two and my late maternal grandfather would come over and visit with us, he would all, we would always want to ask him to <clears throat> pretend to be Santa Claus so that we could practice what we wanted to ask Santa for for Christmas. And so the way that Gran, that's what we called my maternal grandfather, Dwight Mackey, uh, the way that he prepared himself to be Santa Claus was he would put on whatever toboggan we had laying around, and then he would take one of our small um, tank tops and hang them over his ears, and that would be the beard. And I actually found a photo of him doing that with my brother Corey and myself. And so we would practice what we wanted to ask Santa for so that we wouldn't be afraid to see Santa at Sears when mom (laughs) took us to see Santa to the mall. Okay. And so I saw that photo and I thought that would be a great idea if we told a story about, you know, something fun, a fond memory from our childhood. And so that's mine. That's sweet. So I'm done. And I have that photo. And if I send it to Katie, um, I'm guessing that she will put it up on our Yes. Uh, Instagram page. That's cute. Because I don't have a freaking clue how to do that. <laughs> so I love that story. Anyway, and so that, would that's you my would story. you guys always be ready for Santa? So then when you actually saw Santa, you were Stone scared. Cold busted, never got anything I didn't want. It was always perfect. That's a great system. It's almost like Gran had a direct line to <clears throat> and I'm doing air quotes to Santa, Santa. Mm-hmm. which was mom and dad. So <laughs> worked great every time. I love it. I think they probably came up with that instead of us, now that I think about it. (laughs) So they they would know what to get us. They would overhear, and then that's sweet. Conveniently. Hey, your parents are so smart. Yeah, they were That was good for them. Anyway, so that was my Christmas-related story. I love it. I love it. I want you to go home, and I want you to take... One of your undershirts or tank tops or whatever, and put them on, put it on your ears. Mm-hmm. And I want you to put the dogs in your lap and take a picture. I, like they're telling you, quote Santa, what they want, so we can put it on social. I'll media. have to borrow a wife beater from your husband <laughs> because I don't have one. <laughs> so I'm sorry. That is funny. <laughs> you walked right into that. I I just lobbed that right up. But I want that photo. I want that photo Done. of you. And the dogs. It's a done thing. Uh, for social media. It's happening. <laughs> All right, Katie, what's your story? Well, I grew up, um, how do you say? Poor. Poor Yeah, is the word. Real poor. So, um, the best I can remember it. Now, Christmas was always great. Uh, like, I wasn't poor enough to where I woke up on Christmas and wondered where Santa was. But um, I can remember in my lifetime, the best two presents I can ever remember getting were a were bicycles. I've, I've been right. in my life, I have been given two bicycles. One was like training wheels to take off training wheels to learn how to ride a bike. I don't remember when I got that bike. Second bike was, I was probably eight or nine. And I wanted a new bike because this bike was too small now and it was like a baby bike. And, I, and that's what we did. We, we rode bikes Everywhere. I guess I'm the last generation that really rode bikes I, everywhere. Same thing with me. We rode bikes everywhere mm-hmm. when I was a kid, so mm-hmm. I, I, I understand what you're saying. And I didn't have anywhere to go, really, but me and my brother would just take off and ride. So I was begging, begging for this bike. Wake up Christmas morning, got this bike. It was on, like, the front porch. You know, Santa couldn't bring it inside, that kind of thing. The bike was too big. And they were like, well, I bet you'll grow into it. So I'd always have to get on a cinder block in the yard to get up on the bike to ride the bike. And spoiler alert, I never grew into this bike. Mm. Never never grew an inch since the day I got that bike. Yeah, I didn't want to skip to the end, but I thought that might be where she was going with that. She's not the tallest person in the room. I had that bike in, like, well, I guess until I graduated high school. It never grew into it. Ended up, my brother, of course, outgrew me, and I swapped bikes with him, and I would ride his bike, and he would ride mine because his bike was smaller. And he didn't care that your bike was pink? No, it was blue. 
But it was a girl's back. Aren't the bars different? Yeah, the bars. Yeah. But the, it was, yeah. no, it was blue. All right. So it didn't matter. Well, as long as it was good with your brother, I guess that's all mm-hmm. that matters, right? Yeah. And good for him being a, a being a cool brother. That's a sweet brother. Taking one for the team, letting you ride the smaller bike. Yeah, because we weren't getting more bikes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was supposed to be my bike for life. Your parents were like, okay, this bike is going to last her. Yeah. yeah. Never Literally forever. <laughs> Don't wear out the tread on those tires because we're not buying any more tires for that. Okay. That's great. Love that story. So, all right. All right, Kelly. Kelly. Okay, so when I was a child, we used to all go on Christmas Eve. We would have a big dinner at Nanny's house. Nanny is such a Southern, like, I know. Thing. Oh, I, I have a call. Everybody, everybody, everybody has was, yeah, I have a, a nanny. nanny. And it's mm-hmm. not a woman who, like, takes care of you that isn't a family member. It's not that kind of nanny. <laughs> no, it's it's. It was a woman who took her, care of you who was a family member. If, she you, was your if you would like to know her name. Her name was Aussie May. That was my nanny's name. I think either one of those would have been fine with me. I mean, Aussie May or nanny. Aussie May. And she, my granddad, Jack, that was his mother. Okay. So she was my great- Great grandmother. Grandmother. Okay. And she was um, this little- Tiny little old lady. I didn't know she was tiny at the time because I was little, uh-huh. you know. But we would go to her house, and she had this old house, and it had one of those porches that went, it was a big porch on the front, and it went all the way down the side of the house. And, you know, it, it was a great house. Yeah. I love that house. But we would all go there on Christmas Eve, and we would have this big Christmas Eve dinner, and there would be all the cousins, all the kids there, and we would play outside. I mean, it didn't matter how cold it was. Sure, yeah. You know, we played outside. And every evening on Christmas Eve, we would always look up and we would convince ourselves. You know, you'd see a, a star or you'd say something, oh, there's Santa, there's oh, Santa. Yeah. You know, so we would sit on the front, in the front yard of this big house, all these little heads looking up, trying to f- see and if we ever did see a star, we would say, that's Santa. So I'm, right. I miss doing that because it was a big family event. There were a lot of kids around my age, and we would do that. And I looked forward to it. I mean, that was my night. And we would stay there till All late. Right. And then I would go home, you know, and mm-hmm. go to bed. And it's Christmas Eve. And then next day is Christmas Day. Aww. So that was that was fantastic. And Nanny is, is long gone now. She has been dead for many years. But... I will forever treasure those Christmas Eve nights. I want to be that one day. I want to be nanny. Yeah. Like, I want to have my great-grandkids and have several of them. Do you hear that, daughter? Yeah, Katie's not going to have any kids. <laughs> my daughter's name is Katie, so not to confuse our listeners. Right, right. My daughter's name is Katie. So I'm, I'm expecting my son, Nate, to, to be the one that okay. has the yeah. children. And so then his children can have children, and then hopefully I'll be around still and I can be nanny and we can do this big Christmas Eve thing. That sounds good. And Katie can come too. Katie Turner can come too and she can bring her cats or her dog or whatever she has. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to, I want to, I strive to be nanny one day. I thought that might be a fun little segment. I'm glad we did that. Mm -hmm, That was, you know, now we all know each other a little bit better and our audience listeners know us. Yes. A little better. They do. Yeah, yes. So for this week, uh, we don't have just one story that we're going to talk about, just one case. We decided to put together an episode of stories that we have researched of people from Alabama who are missing or maybe their death is unsolved. Mm-hmm. So we have some individuals here. And, and the reason we decided to do this is we had so many people that we thought deserved to be mentioned on the podcast because they fell victim to some sort of tragedy, but we didn't have enough information on each of these individuals in order to have a complete episode. So we wanted to take this opportunity to bring some information and put it out there. And maybe, just maybe, somebody might have some information or somebody might know something that they didn't even know that they knew. So that's that's the point of this episode around the holidays. It's, you know, everyone deserves to have their story told. Everyone has family on their mind. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and there are some families that 
like you that said, need some, stories they that need we've justice. Researched. They need some closure, and yeah. if we can closure, if nothing else, exactly. Yeah. So we want to be able to bring some of that out today and talk about some of these individuals who deserve, as I said, to have their story told. Yeah, and who knows? We so may be, we may be the people who jog something loose in someone's brain, mm-hmm. and six months from now, one of these unsolved cases is solved. Uh, uh, I know that would be, yeah, that would be wonderful if we could provide that for families, but let's keep these cases alive and in the light and not let them go cold. And so this is our way of doing that. So we're going to start with Katie today. She has a case for us. And in the show notes, we're going to put some contact information. If you know anything or have any tips or, anything you can reach out to the local sheriff's departments in each case. But I'll start with a woman named Rebecca Ferguson, or maiden name Files. So Rebecca Files Ferguson, she's mentioned as, uh, commonly went by Becky. Becky was born on June 19th, 1956, in Oakman, Alabama, which is in Walker County. And on September 16th, 1988, At 32 years old, she went missing. She was supposed to be visiting her cousin in Birmingham, Alabama. And she was traveling from Jasper, Alabama, which is also in Walker County, same county she was born in, to Birmingham. And she never made it. Her Cadillac was found abandoned two days later near Curry, Alabama, um, abandoned on the shoulder of a road. There was no blood or evidence of any injury found at the vehicle. They did find in the vehicle jewelry in the floorboard. And then at her home, they found broken pieces of jewelry on her garage floor. And that's really the only evidence they found at her home. And they think foul play was suspected because there were two shotgun holes in the car. So, you know, that's... Like spent shells. It's, it looks like two shotgun blasts were fired <laughs> through right. the vehicle. I got you. Now, I'm assuming they found shotgun shells, but it, uh, in okay. my research it didn't say. Okay. It just said two shotgun blasts were fired through the vehicle. Okay. Um, but no blood. And it didn't look like it had been cleaned up either. Like, you know, you can tell a freshly... Clean sure. vehicle, like the the yeah. jewelry in the floor. Well, that was the, the, the first question cleaner. I was going to ask. I wonder if the the car that they found on the side of the road. I wonder if the car was had been rendered immobile, like the battery was dead, or there was a flat tire. But yeah, I just said found abandoned. Okay, not, right. and not, you said there there were the two holes in the car. But did mm-hmm. they find the actual shells? Not not okay. that it says. Um, okay. I, and I guess you can tell the difference in a shotgun blast and a because it sure it, it it clearly states a shotgun blast. Yeah, and not just a. Yeah, that would be multiple uh, projectiles. I mean, whereas a, a, a rifle mm-hmm. or a pistol would be one hole. Okay. Standard operating procedure for the way, of, uh, depending on what kind of shell it was, there's going to be dozens of mm-hmm. individual projectiles. So, yeah, it would make a different pattern on a windshield or in a fender or whatever. Yeah, okay. so it, it doesn't say they found, they may not have found any shells. And, I mean, I, it might be crazy, I guess, that it could have already been shot at, but it doesn't. Or, or shot at after yeah. it was left sitting there. That's yeah. what well, I was thinking. What was her, did her family say this was strange? Yeah, that well, she would go, she would be yes, gone? Yes, it said that it was not like her to leave without telling her family of her plans. She had two young sons at the time. They said oh, yeah. she would have never left yeah, without letting them know. She was in the process of getting a divorce mm. at the time. Okay. And so. Always suspicious. Mm-hmm. And so that's why a lot she's listed with her maiden name as her middle name because she was in the process of going back to her maiden name. And like I said, the two young sons at home, she was going to visit a cousin in Birmingham. I'm I'm assuming, you know, some time away from the house. Mm -hmm. She has brown hair, brown eyes, pierced ears. She was 32 at the time of her disappearance. She would be 65 now. It was 98, right? 88. 88, I'm sorry. Okay, I misheard you. 88. Um, okay. I may have misspoke, but she was born in 1956 and missing in 88. She, so she'd be 65 now. She's 5'8". Time of her disappearance, she was about 130 pounds. Um, like I said, they do suspect foul play, and they do suspect that she's been murdered, but a body has never been found. Mm-hmm. And they have placed a headstone for her in Bowley Springs Cemetery in Bowley Springs, 
Alabama, which is in Fayette County. And her case is on the charlieproject.org. Um, I found a picture of the headstone on findagrave.com. And there are uh, Facebook pages for her. And there's been other podcast episodes. I found a podcast episode from Secrets Crime Podcast um, on her. And they do say if you have any tips to call the Walker County Sheriff's Office, and I'll put that phone number in the show notes, but okay, that's it on her. Mm-hmm. All right. And so her sons are grown up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Young children. Because, and- yeah, 1988, if they were little, yeah, they'd be in their 30s now. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Maybe okay. even early 40s. Okay. Yeah. Kelly? My case today is about Candace Fenton, and um, Candace Fenton, in the 1990s, packed up and came to Alabama from New Jersey. She was ready to begin her time at Auburn University to pursue a degree in education. She... Her mother described her as a Southern girl at heart. She's from New Jersey, mm-hmm. but her plans were basically to stay in the South mm-hmm. and teach. So she was going to complete her studies at Auburn and then become a teacher. Uh, but on July the 18th, 1995, something terrible happened to Candace. Her mother, after not hearing from her for several days, called the police department there to ask for a welfare check mm-hmm. and when the police arrived at her apartment uh they found her decomposing body on the floor Ugh. um so when looking at the scene trying to figure out what happened to candace they found that um candace was bound at the neck and her wrists were bound behind her back by a dog leash um There were no signs of forced entry. Nothing had been taken. She had no injuries beyond what the dog leash had permanently done to her neck and wrists. Her death was ruled asphyxiation, but the coroner couldn't really decide if her asthma played a role in that. This girl had asthma. But because of the decomposition of the body, he couldn't really tell um, so her mother doesn't hear for her, from her for some days and then gets this welfare check. So they, they don't really know exactly on what day mm-hmm. she passed away. But the investigators at Auburn, they tried to open this back up using uh, DNA evidence in 2015. So this occurred in 1995. In 2015, they submitted um, for some of the DNA that they had, mm-hmm. touch DNA And um, they said, quote, other forensic processes that could help solve her case. So far, I can't find anything after they submitted this. So they either did not find anything in addition Mm -hmm. to what they submitted or they're still trying to do it. Like they're checking fingerprints in the apartment to see Mm -hmm. if it popped up somewhere. So basically, with Candace's apartment, there was no forced entry. So a lot of people are thinking that possibly she let the individual in. Sure. They're ruling it. Foul play, obviously. Um, Candace, it was very, um, they kind of went back and forth trying to figure out, does she have a dog? Does she? But Candace did not uh, have a dog. the leash. Yeah. Okay, I got She you. did not have a dog. Okay. So this leash was obviously brought to the scene of the crime. There's that other evidence they're possibly mm-hmm. looking for. Correct. And so they don't know if she let the person in or if they walked in or maybe they um, knocked on the door. So this was back in the 90s. And I remember I didn't come to Auburn until 1997, but this was 1995, so not not much of a difference. And if you had a dog on campus, it was a service dog pretty much. I mean, if you lived... At the time. If you lived in a home off campus that had a fenced area... You had a dog because mm-hmm. we had a dog. Yeah, but I did not bring the dog onto campus. Now she had right. apartments there. Uh, she was staying at. Well, I know most apartments in Auburn now have like a dog area. Yeah, it's a little, and that's that was one of the reasons that I brought that up is because it's a little bit different now than it was in mm-hmm. 1995. It was not a normal occurrence to see dogs 
in apartments. Mm-hmm. The friend, the friends of mine that I had who had it apartments wasn't a thing on campus. Yeah, right. It, it wasn't a thing. They now didn't it's typically a thing. have a dog in their apartment, right. mm-hmm. um, and certainly didn't have it with them on campus. But so they they were trying to figure it out, and they discovered that Candace did not have yeah a dog. Um, now a little bit about her as a child. She was a Girl Scout. She played softball and soccer. She sang in the choir. She acted in plays. She was on the swim team. She was in the color guard for three years in high school. She was an officer in the Students Against Drunk Driving. Do you guys remember that in high school? I do. Drive the mm-hmm. Students it was Against sad. Drunk Driving. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, after her father started treatment for cancer, she earned the nickname Little Miss Sunshine by singing for other patients to cheer them up. Oh, I know. She wasn't sexually assaulted, right? No. There was no sign of uh, rape. Nothing was taken. No sign of forced entry. So what they're thinking is that it got interrupted, that someone was beginning to perpetrate a crime, and it got interrupted. Now, the police did ask her friend some very interesting questions. They asked her friend, I want to get this right. Let me get pulling back to my article, and I'll, I'll give you these uh, links, Katie, for yeah. the uh, the show notes. They asked, number the first thing they asked her friend was, how did they think that she died? They asked. How did, how did her friend think that she died? Her friend, Stephanie Perry. The police asked her about um, any type of sexual practices that she may have had. And they asked her how she thought that she got killed. So they're fishing for some explanation for this strange... And walk in that they have, found. yeah, and and she's she's partially clothed, but not like like she just has on she's dressed enough that it makes it very confusing. Uh-huh. There's no rape, there's no forced entry, nothing is stolen, but this girl is is it's just dead, dead and, and tied up, up hands behind her, her back yeah. and around her neck in a leash. And so I think they were just looking at all possible options. They did submit some stuff to the FBI and let them look into it for some sort of analysis, and they have not released what the FBI sent back. So they're obviously holding some things. They don't want to present those. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the majority of the investigators and suspect foul play yeah. and, and think it was interrupted. Yeah, I mean... It- yeah. It seems like it would be hard for her to find herself in this. She did she not couldn't have put gotten herself, herself into this. Right. She did not put herself. Some crazy. But I think they were also yeah. entertaining the fact that wasn't accidental. Was there yeah. some sort yeah, of something. thing that she might have been into that was accidental? And mm-hmm. then they just ran. But I would think. Like got freaked out. and mm-hmm. I would think if that were the case, then she would have not been as clothed. As she was. I don't know for sure. But I'm thinking in everything that I've looked at, it was a homicide. Mm -hmm. And I think it was interrupted. I think someone came in with the intentions of of either raping or killing or both. And they got interrupted and had to leave. The neighbors pull into the driveway or door slams, the phone rings. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Make somebody panic. That's what I think. And and then they ran. And we have this this beautiful young woman who was such a such a wonderful person whose life is cut short and 19 years old. Uh. Mm. And they are trying still to solve this case, mm-hmm. especially with our new technology, but it doesn't seem to be going anywhere at this time. So my hope is that they can get some more, use some more of this new technology, submit that evidence and get, get some touch DNA or get something. Yeah. But the thing is, it, you can have all the DNA if that person is not in the system that they're running. Yep. Then you, have you to can't find match them. it. Right. You got to find them first. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So with all of this um, DNA stuff, I, I, you know, the more people that submit for those, uh, what is it called? The 23andMe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those Genetic kinds of testing. things. Yeah, you submit for all these with more people that are doing that. Wasn't You're there, going into a database. I was going to say, is, wasn't there some hullabaloo a few years ago where where we all figured out that all of that stuff is public record? So that if you do that 23andMe thing mm-hmm. and then it turns out that you were involved in a murder mm-hmm. 20 years ago, mm-hmm. 
whoops, you've just well, and they they've been able to solve some domain. major crimes that way. They've also been able to solve major crimes that way because relatives yes, of the individuals yes. who committed these crimes yeah, right. submitted DNA, and I. I think it's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. No complaints here. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's fantastic. But yeah, it, that is it, the more people we have that submit for these DNA testing for these ancestry testings, they could find a match. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're not. It's I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily call it a cold case because I feel like they're still trying. I mean, even in 2015, they were still trying to submit that evidence and I, I commend them for that. I just don't know if there's been anything to find just right. yet. And you know, the way DNA tests work, it, it's more than just, Oh, run the, run the DNA test. Yeah. You know, and well, let's yeah. just see, there's a lot that goes into it. And then sometimes you only have enough DNA to run a test once or twice. There's not enough sample to continue testing so I'm you not really hear sure about that a lot. Like yeah. we've got to save this yeah. sample. You use it save up. it when you mm-hmm. when you test it. You use it up. Yes, and the only DNA that they mentioned was touch DNA in this case. So there was nothing at the scene. You know, I, I didn't get a sense that that's why they're saying there was no rape. A very forensic, no, clean mm-hmm. crime scene, mm-hmm. almost as if it was done on purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thus, your suspicion. Yeah. Right. So, I, in my personal opinion, I think they were going to perpetrate much more, and they just got interrupted. Could be. So, if you have any information on the murder, I'm calling it a murder, yeah. of Candace Fenton, you can call the Auburn Police Department and uh, let them know your information that you have. If you happen to be on campus there or there at the college in 1995, you can let someone know. Another thing I wanted to bring up about why there was no forced entry. When I was in school, you know, we didn't have, in 1997 is when I started college. And we did not have, if you had a cell phone, I mean, it was rare. And your mother said, do not turn this on unless you have to, because it was so expensive. Sounds right. To have them. Yeah. Um, So you didn't have a cell phone. You didn't have social media. You might get an email about something. But the, the most of the time you would have a knock on the door if you had different clubs from the school that were trying to either gather data or maybe they were fundraising or whatever they were doing. I remember our door getting knocked on many times. Hey, I'm from the whatever club, and we're doing this, 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 mm. you know. It was still literally door-to-door, t- yes. door-to-door salesman mm-hmm. type. Yes, or would you like to be a promotions. part of, you know, this, right. whatever. But, yeah. you know, like I said, you might get an email, but they it was still pretty common to have individuals just, just knock on your door and say, hi. You wouldn't have thought twice. Like you might today. And you would open the door. If somebody knocks on my door at 9 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn off all the lights and run into the bedroom <laughs> and hide. Well, I mean, at 9 o'clock at night, they wouldn't be doing that. But during, I mean, well, but, during, in, but you in get college, a summer day. In the, you get a summer day and, it, and it's yeah. daylight longer, so maybe sure. 8.30. I mean, yeah. you know, something like that. It, it's still daylight here. And you wouldn't think anything. Alabama. I remember those days. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was there from, I was in college from 88 to 93, so I know what you mean, what you're saying. Knox, mm-hmm. that was how you. I'm thinking that she let this perpetrator in. Yeah. And then they planned on. <clears throat> More things happening, and they got interrupted. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 that is my opinion. I mean, only. it was a it's, different world, though. I mean, yeah, it really knock was. on the door. Like no one ever knocks on our door now, except like the other night we got a knock at the door, and I was like, Shane, get that. I don't, I don't know who that yeah. could be. And it was Joy Allen in the Perry Medical Group doing their scavenger hunt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, what I saw that on Facebook. It looks so fun. Oh, so yeah. Shout yeah. out to Perry shout Medical. Out to Joy Perry. Well, Joy is a, a regular listener. Joy Allen. I'm sorry, Joy Allen. We be, love Joy Perry, too. Yeah, There's course, a Joy both. Perry. We love her, too. Well, I, I said her name last week, and that got me confused. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, that's, yeah, that that's not uncommon. Or it wasn't uncommon. It is now. Right. So, it, college life was a little bit different. I mean, now you you get connected through social media and, yeah. and things like that for events that are going on at campus, mm-hmm. on campus. But back then... You know, there was still very mm-hmm. much, you know, door-to-door and, and email type things. So, uh, 
Uh, that's what I think. But yeah, if you have any information about Candace Fenton, please call the Auburn Police Department and let them know. And we will have that number in the notes. Yes, we will. All right, Scott, what about you? Well, you guys are going to be disappointed in the amount of research that I've done, I think, compared to what the two of you have done, because there's not really a lot to tell about Kelly Henderson Howard, who disappeared on June the 2nd, 2009. She was a a white woman, 5'3", 145 pounds, blue eyes, blonde hair. Uh, She was last seen leaving the dentist's office where she worked in Riverside, Alabama. Uh, She was a dental hygienist, and she spoke to her mother on the phone before she left right around noon. I'm, I'm assuming that she was going to lunch. If you guys want to jump in, there's really not that there's a Facebook page that no one has updated in years, apparently, because I tried to call a phone number at the bottom of it today. Uh, it, it says at the bottom that uh, a, a certain gentleman was organizing a, an ongoing search team to try and find her. If you'd like to become a part of it, call this number. And there are two numbers listed. I called both of them and neither one of them worked anymore. Mm. Um, but so she was leaving lunch at she work? Was, she was leaving around noon from the dentist's office where she worked in Riverside, and that's it. I mean, I can't find any information that her car has ever been found or that I don't even know if she had a car. Do you guys know anything that I don't know? Because there was scant information about this particular disappearance to the point which I called the sheriff's department, and uh, that would be in St. Clair County, and those numbers are listed on that Facebook page. And I called both of them, uh, and someone answered and said, Central Dispatch. And I told them that I was a newspaper editor, and I was researching a podcast. And she said, let me find out who the officer is. I will have him call you back. And within 30 minutes, uh, Police Chief Heath in Riverside called me back, and I asked him basically the same things I just told you guys that I didn't know the answer to. And he said, there has been no new information in years. The latest update that you see on the Facebook page is the latest information. uh, And that's all that we have. So she's been gone for um, 16 years. And in broad daylight, like she's leaving for lunch. Yeah. And that, that's what, that's what confuses me about it. I'm sorry, I said 16 years is actually 12 years, uh, coming up on 13. But I don't really know much more about Kelly Henderson Howard from her disappearance on June the 2nd, 2009. Sorry. Just missing in broad daylight. Missing in broad daylight. No no real information about it. And I, Were there I, any suspects or maybe persons I, of interest? Well, let me tell you one thing that uh, someone said to me. I made a couple of phone calls today, and someone said to me, uh, on the phone today, and I'm not going to tell you who said this, but I, I asked the same questions to this person, and he said the dentist died of a heart attack last year. Apropos of nothing, I did not ask that question, but maybe the implication was that there was something going on in the office. I don't know. I don't want to start a rumor, but just I didn't even ask that, and he said the dentist died of a heart attack last year. So I wonder if he was a person of interest. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, or maybe just the last person, or maybe just the last person to see her before she walked out the door. Yeah, yeah, and then disappeared. I don't know. I feel like I should have done a little bit more about this, but I swear I tried, and I just could not find a lot of information. And on the Facebook page, I didn't see anything that that I felt like would be something I could add that would be beneficial. So. I don't know. Are you guys going to go find something tomorrow and make me feel bad for? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. This, this. I mean, not there's not a, a whole job. lot of information, and I've, I have been to that Facebook page that you're talking okay. about, and All right. and they, it's a wonderful thing because they're sure. trying to find their Keeping it alive. their loved one, but there hasn't been anything new, and and it's kind and if, of there's a fear of it going cold because yeah. and if there's if there's no information, there's no information, and I I couldn't find anything about what kind of car she left in, or even if she left in a car. Or if someone picked her up, I mean, she talked to her mom on the phone. Everything was fine, and then, and then gone. just gone. Yeah, Ugh. just gone. So, oh, that's that's know. terrible and terrifying all at the same time. It is. It's, it's, it's terrifying to me more than it's terrible because I mean that could happen to any of us at any moment. Yeah, that's you're absolutely you just, right. You never really know. So, no. Anyway, I'm. Uh, I hope. That was acceptable. You guys can cut that whole entire thing if you have to, but I just couldn't find a lot about it. Well, thank you, Scott. And sometimes so, there's just there's just not a right. lot. And if we find anything else or we discover anything else, we will definitely talk about it and we will post it on our social media and yeah. make sure that people see that because, like I said, everybody's story is important and we want to make sure that 
that it's told. And so if we do discover anything else yeah, about this case. And it's on our radar case, now. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we will keep it on our list of things that we have our mm-hmm. ear to the rail on. And if something comes up, we will let everybody know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Katie, what you got next? Yep, I've got one more here. Um, this one is an 11-year-old girl named Heaven Lachey Ross. She went by Shay. She was born June 11th, 1992, and she went missing on August 19th, 2003. She was starting sixth grade at Collins Riverside Middle School uh, in Northport. I guess that's, I guess the school's in Northport. She lived in Northport, which is near Tuscaloosa for those who aren't around here. And it was the first few days of school, and she lived in Willowbrook Trailer Park in Northport, and there's a bus stop right down the street. So they would walk, her and her older sister would walk from their trailer park to the bus stop to catch the bus to go to school in the morning. Simple, and it's August in Alabama, so walking down the street is not a problem weather-wise, usually. And so they've headed out, her sister's Headed down the street, she's about a minute or two coming out of the house past her sister or behind her sister. So her sister's getting to the bus stop first and she's following her. And there is a thunderstorm coming up, and her stepdad hears some heavy thunder and he thinks it's about to rain and storm. And I don't want them standing out at the bus stop in the rain. I'm just going to go grab them and run them to school. So he gets in his car and heads down to the bus stop to get the girls. And her older sister, Alex, is there, but Shay is not. And so, of course, her stepdad calls her mom and or goes and finds her mom, I guess it's pre-cell phone, and they call the police. And the police originally say that, you know, they don't treat it like a missing person, or they don't treat it like a crime at the time, because there's no evidence of a crime. They treat it just like a missing person, kind of like a, she could have run off, they think. She's probably ditched school, and she'll show up when school's over. Oh, so was this a was this a normal occurrence by her? No, did she? No, oh. she and so I don't. Why would they? Is that that's what the police are thinking? Yes. Why would they think? But uh, I mean, I guess they they don't know the child. I, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, there's no. They say that since there's no evidence of a crime, they're not okay. going to treat it as a crime yet. And <sighs> she. Um, you know, there's three separate neighbors who saw her walking to the bus stop. Mm-hmm. So three separate people saw her leave her house and head to the bus stop. So, because my first thought is stepdad. Yeah, me too when you said that. And, but there's three separate neighbors that say they saw her walking to the bus stop and like either out their window or they were on the front porch or like that, that she passed them going to the bus stop. And so an Amber Alert is not issued immediately. Um, and there's a couple of officers that show up and a news reporter, a local news reporter show up at the trailer park, you know, when they hear that mm-hmm. a child is missing. But at four o'clock, when she still hasn't shown up at home, things escalate pretty quickly. And a few officers and one reporter turn into FBI agents and national media. Ah. Quickly. Yes. Uh, the next morning, a command center opens, and it operates a headquarters there at the trailer park for the next 10 weeks. It's a headquarters for local, state, and federal law enforcement officers, as well as volunteers, family members, media, anything like that. It's, it's ground zero. I would say that's a pretty good response. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get it. We can't do anything until she doesn't show up after school, but if she doesn't show up after school, then we're going to hit the panic button. And it sounds like they did. Yeah. There's a lot of tips that come in, mm-hmm. but those tips end up going crazy. Like there's a man who's like, Hey, if you'll send me some stuff, I can track her, her aura and see if we can find <sighs> her that way. There's, I mean, it, it gets pretty crazy. I think I think when you open up a tip line, that's probably standard that people, yeah, you get all kinds of calls and and maybe deep deep down in his heart of hearts, he was trying to help. But it, the first thing he asked for was money, right? Well, to track her aura, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So he's yeah. not just offering out of the goodness mm-hmm. of his heart. So no, it's I don't like, think so come on. And now, like I said, she is eleven at the time of her disappearance. She was wearing a pink. Bratz t-shirt with oh, like matching yeah. capri pant. I remember the Bratz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spelled with a Z. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's a year older than me, so 
Yeah, I, can, I remember having the Bratz doll. I had the Bratz head that you did her hair and the big mm-hmm. eyes and yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had fiery red hair and hazel eyes. They described her as, um, she was kind of ha- a personality that was all over the place. She'd play in the mud or in the nearby creek, but she also like decorated her room in butterfly stickers and, you know, like I said, was wearing pink Bratz attire to school. Uh, she played the trombone and she loved playing the trombone, they said. but She was 11. 11. So a trombone is as big as probably as big as her. As yeah. big as she her. Was, she yeah. was small. Yes, they said she was like four six, four eight, mm-hmm. I think, and like a hundred pounds, maybe probably less. But three years and three months to the day of her disappearance, she was found mm. under an abandoned house in a, a secluded area off of Crescent Ridge Road in Holt, Alabama, and this. The area was a known spot where people used drugs and did other illegal activity. It was abandoned, but it was pretty well known that that kind of activity went on around there. Some man was out looking for cans and found her. Investigators, when they went out to see the body, they knew immediately that it was her because of the it, she still had the pink brat shirt on. Mm-hmm. And they had actually an exact pink brat shirt hung up at like the sheriff's department or wherever mm-hmm. like letting people know hey look so they would know mm-hmm. yeah like so like it, i'm like, sure it was like a, a they saw shirt. it every day mm-hmm. they saw that shirt they had it hung up and um police assume that someone who frequented frequented the area either saw what happened or heard something or knows what's happened but they haven't got any anywhere in that investigation because you know, an area that stuff like that happens in, you know, people talk, people, I mean, they 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 assume more people saw that body before this man, but it just wasn't the right type of people to call and it this in. this is, what, 2004, 5? She went missing in 2003, so she was Three. found in okay. 2006. Okay. So you would think that based, based on what they're, how they're describing the house is that there's, there's a lot of illegal activity going on, and mm-hmm. so no one's going to, no one's say anything the there, yeah. because of the illegal activity that they're involved in. I would just encourage anybody if you're, gosh, if you're listening and you know something about this, put that aside and and tell them so that they can yeah. find out who did this to this little girl. And you know what? Whoever did this, I hope they struggle every single day. Yeah, me too. If they're still alive. Mm-hmm. I hope that you are not sleeping. I hope that you are just a wreck. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and you know what? Turn yourself in. Just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Just right. turn yourself in. Do the and, world a favor. And do the world a favor. And, yeah, and tell them what you've done so you can, you can pay for your crime. I mean, you know, just Terrible. snatched her up on her way to the, the bus. And, mm. This is and an 11-year-old. And her sister, thank God, you know, was a few steps ahead. And and did, but her sister them. didn't see anything, mm-hmm. didn't know anything. Didn't see anything. I mean... Split second. I mean, they said Just they gone. left the house about two, three minutes apart from each other. They talked. I saw some interviews like her mom. She continuously says, you know, she just wishes they would have treated it more seriously sooner because. I do too. Yeah, it was those th- those eight hours mm-hmm. between I mean, critical you know, time. 7.30 in the morning and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, That's I mean, when the it school all is, happened. The school is saying she's not there. Right. And the parents and she's are saying. she's 11. Yeah, she didn't she get, went to school. Yeah, she's she 11 years bus. old. Yeah. Do it right then. Mm-hmm. Well, was there even any such thing? You said Amber Alert a minute ago, Katie. Was was Amber Alert? Was that a thing back then? Well, I, when did that happen? I don't. I remember. I mean, we all know it exists now, but I don't remember mm-hmm. when that was brand new. Um, let's see. But obviously, Amber Alert started in nineteen ninety six. Oh wow! Okay, sooner than I would have guessed. I knew that right. the article I read had mentioned. Yeah, I mean, specifically I, I, I was certain didn't. that it did, or you would have said it. Yeah, but I just so is that the consensus that they drug their feet too long? That's. That's what the mother, you know, and I think law enforcement, of course, is going to say what, you know, it wasn't protocol then to do anything different. But I think that from what I've read, the protocol has changed now. As it should have. But at the time, that was not protocol to just assume that they had been, that foul play had happened. But the, I mean, her mother for sure is vocal Mm -hmm. about that, you know, maybe if something would have happened sooner, they would have found her. But, Mm -hmm. and, but, you know, we don't know. If right. you know anything happened. I mean, yeah, that's that, it's impossible to, to measure that sure, and to know. She, but yeah, she I'm glad been. that's changed and that now it is immediately taken seriously. Yeah. When you are talking about a child yeah. and or just really anyone who 
their family is saying this is not. All of a sudden, something crazy happened. Yes, hey, this is they not, were supposed to be here five minutes ago, and they're not here. And this is out of character. This is not like this person. Something is, something's wrong. And and so what? So what if you if you put yeah. out an all alert and you find them? Good. Yeah. Yeah, instead of I doing mean, nothing, you find do them, something. Do, you know, skip and skip. Okay, well, you yeah. still found them. And, and you know, I understand that law enforcement, they want to have a protocol and, and most of the missing people, quote, missing people are found right. because they're just not where they're supposed to be at the right time. But, it, we're again, we're talking about an 11-year-old child who set out to get on the school bus. We have no reason to think that she wouldn't get on the school bus and go to school. Right. Not so. Yeah. Ugh. And ugh. I'm with you. Whoever did this. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't having trouble at school. She wasn't mm-hmm. being bullied, anything like she wrote in a diary and they found her diary. And you know, it talked about liking the boy now down the street or, you know, this, that, and another. It had nothing like, like an eleven year old girl. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she had numbered all the remaining pages and she hadn't wrote in many pages of the diary it said but she had numbered all the remaining pages so like she was planning to keep writing so yeah to not not a runaway right. situation not a runaway right. oh my gosh turn yourself in mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so the family can get closure so, yeah, so they know and you can go to jail Fair and everybody enough. there can know what you did yeah while you're in jail All right, well, if you have any information about any of these crimes, please, please let somebody know. Yeah. And uh, email us at truecrimeoneasystreet at gmail.com. Yes. Truecrimeoneasystreet, all one word, all lowercase, at gmail.com. No hyphens, no (laughs) No, underlines, underscores, nothing like that. Send us an idea for a case. We are hurtling towards season two. I would say falling. Falling towards but season two. Whatever. We have one more episode left in this season. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. And our season wow. two will start in January. Yeah. So we got some fun things planned for January. She's pointing at me. I think she means it. Mm-hmm. We've got some big things planned for yes. the season two. So we're very excited. And all this merch we keep talking about. Is the merch coming? It's the merch coming. is coming in 2022. I love it. And we will put, like I said, all this information in show notes for the Walker County Sheriff's Office, the Auburn uh, Sheriff's Department. St. Clair County. um, St. Clair County Sheriff's Office. And uh, Tuscaloosa. Okay. Thank you all for listening. Good night, everybody.